This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Successful businesses are the sum of their parts. That's why we often say that Schedulicity owes everything to one stylist, one esthetician, one barber, one yoga instructor. As each one of them has grown their business, our scheduling platform has grown with them. We're pledging now to give more than $250,000 to service providers. It will go straight to the pockets of the people we love most, the ones who built us and who we're all looking forward to seeing again soon. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. My name is Corey, and of course, I sit with my best friend, Tone. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? You, man. What's going on? Uh, another day in paradise. Dude, I, I, I want to talk about a couple of things before we bring our guest on. Um, first off, I'm 1,000% in love with Clubhouse. If you're not a part of the whole Clubhouse world right now, you need to get on it because it's like we've got like the industry, like top dogs giving out PhDs with the information that they're sharing on Clubhouse. Yeah, and, and it's a great way if if, you know... You feel like you're not being able to find outlets or net being able to network. It's a great way to network with other people, other hairdressers, and and you know you get to f- get to see your mentors uh, and, and be able to reach out and talk to them. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty incredible space right now. Um, it's you know we, we we've kidded a couple of times on the podcast how it's like uh, it's almost like a hair show. But it's without it's it's like the, it's all the rooms like off the hair show, right? It's not the actual it's, it's not the glitz and the it's all glamour. the kind of conversations it's off all of, the yeah. conversations. And it's like the classrooms, too. Right. Like so like you could. And the cool thing is like a convention hall. You can bounce in and out. You know, if you're not getting what you want from that class, get out. Nobody you know, nobody nobody's watching you. Are you is are you are you there? You know, that's not happening. You just bounce in and out. And, you know, like you said, you can raise your hand, ask questions. It's awesome. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about being seen, getting up out of your chair, walking out the door. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you just sneak out. You just kind of just bounce to the other out. room. You're right. And, and, and it's great. And it's like you said, you're getting Ph.D. information, man. It, these guys are just unloading, uh, you know, and unfortunately, it doesn't record, so make sure you have a pen and paper so you can take yeah. notes. Yeah, because once it's gone, it's over. That's it. And there's kind of there's kind of something nice about that um, as well. Um, you know what's really cool, and what I've noticed, and we're going to get off a of clubhouse real quick. But what I've also noticed is, you know, we talked about like you can go there and you can see like all these great hairdressers or all these great salon coaches. You know, Robert Cromines and Michael Cole, and you know the list goes on. Uh, Gordon Miller, of course, is on there a bunch too. You can go and see all these people. But sometimes it's the people you've never heard of that has the true bombs. Sometimes it's the people that that are just like this, like under the radar kind of coach that's just delivering. Yeah, just everyday hairdressers or salon owners that are in the trenches, that are doing the work. They have, they might ha- just have that right information, that right answer that you're looking for to help you with whatever you're doing, going through. 
Boom. I am so much in love with where our industry is currently. You know, I, I think that it's a, I think that it's something that we, tr- that, that we were, we were striving for when we started the podcast. And that was just to have hairdresser to hairdresser conversations, hairdresser to hairdressers helping each other. And, and, and I feel like uh, certainly right now, currently, um, I don't think we've, we've certainly in my 30 year career, we've never been in a better position for that. And I think COVID sped that up. You know what I mean? I think, you know, because so many people were hurting and so many people really love this industry and was willing to help, you know, each other. It's just, you know, it, it is it's a beautiful thing to see. It is a very beautiful thing to see. So let's rewind a little bit. We're going to rewind back to January of 2020, 2020. Um, so uh, our guest today, we kind of I think that's the first time we we officially met um, I think we saw each other or hung out with each other a little bit before that, but we officially met, you know, back in uh, January 2020. And last year, 2020, we did exactly two shows. And one show that we did was, was Matrix Destinations. Um, and, uh, and and we met our guest today. Yeah. I, talking about someone who uh, you have, you know, just mad respect for, someone who's uh, pretty much done it all in the industry, someone who's really helped out a lot of people in the industry, someone who's really just, I mean... His resume speaks for itself, but he he's just a just an amazing, amazing person. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he ain't bad looking either, right? He's pretty good looking guy. Pretty good looking guy. Yeah. There, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So our guest today is Nick Stenson. If you're not aware of Nick, go to Instagram right away. Follow this cat. He is doing some great stuff for the industry, and um, you know he's a, he's an industry guy, and 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 and, and loves the industry as much as as much as all of us. It's funny in the pre-talk we're talking about you know like how just these little trips now you know it takes a lot out of you, but if you look at what all the stuff that he does. I'm just reading it. I'm exhausted all with all the stuff that he does. <laughs> right? I'm like, how does people, I don't know how people have that much energy. I'm like, man, they get it done. They get it. Well, you know, listen, uh, Nick's got the exact same 24 hours as we do. You know, he's just, he's just, he, w- w- maybe we'll talk about it. How did he figure it out? How did, how did he figure right. out how to maximize his 24? Dude. Yeah. I mean, even, even, even if he gave me a, a game plan or a book, how to do it, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. He's just like one of those, you, you have this certain type of people that can just, you just get it done, right? Just get it, it done. Yeah. I don't know. Should we get in? Yeah. All right. So, I'm Mr. Tired Nick, about I know, it. right? Exactly. We're going to go take a nap now. So, uh, Mr. Nick Stenson, welcome to your day off, man. Hey guys. How are you? Awesome. So have you, uh, have you jumped on the clubhouse thing? I have a little bit. I have to tell you, you know, uh, a couple of people in the industry have been texting me saying, hey, get on here more. We want to, like, get you into the conversation. And, you know, time has just not been on my side for that yet, but I'm making a commitment to do that. That's awesome. awesome. Well, um, we, we, uh, we're, we're going to start hosting. Um, we're actually hosting a, f- a few rooms each week, but, uh, but we'd love for you to jump in and we'd love for you to, uh, to, to, to drop some knowledge. Hey, and I truly, truly met that all the respect and I really admire everything that you, you've done and what you're doing for the industry. And thank you so much for, you know, just doing what you do. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for that amazing welcome. I really appreciate it. So Mr. Nick, uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up born and raised in Chicago, I lived there most of my life. And then uh, I was like, okay, I want to try something different. And I moved to New York city for a while, best experience. And then I got tapped for a job in Dallas and I did a bounce between New York and Dallas. And then I moved to Dallas full time. And then, you know, the universe comes full circle. And then Alta tapped on me and said, we need you back in Chicago. 
take a role <laughs> here. So I moved back to Chicago. But no, it's so funny now. I'm all over the place, you know, with the world the way it is and, you know, having a lot of remote working. I'm spending time in my home in Florida. We have a place in Philly. So I'm bouncing all over the place these days. So I was just watching a series called Making of the Mob, right? It was all about Al Capone. It was all about Chicago. And you had the, the Italians and the Irish. Is it's Growing up in Chicago is a lot of, like, history of mobsters. I mean, Growing up, is that what you hear or when you're going to school or like people are like, I'm going to be a mobster. <laughs> Some hardcore dudes. Man. There's definitely um, a lot of knowledge of it. I'll tell you that. And being raised Irish and Italian, I've heard both sides. <laughs> so it's kind of hysterical. Um, but, you know, Chicago's a cool town. I think it's underrated in a sense. You know, it's funny. When I grew up there, I didn't think it was a cool town at all. And as a matter of fact, I couldn't wait to get out and move to New York City. But then, you know, you grow and you're, you're in different chapters of your life and different times of your life. And then when I came back, I realized, wow, this is like one of the best cities in the country. And I'm just having a blast being back there. So it's funny how, you know, different chapters of your life, you're, you're looking for different things. Yeah, we were there. Uh, uh, was it 2019? Yeah, the summer 2019 because it, uh, it, was, it was August because it was that August that we, uh, we were in Montana the week before, remember? Yeah, we, we loved Chicago. We thought Chicago was great. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Especially in the summer. You don't want to be there in January, but in, <laughs> you know, June, July, August, September, amazing city. Yeah, we, you know, we did um, years ago, we were in Chicago, uh, early March, like uh, March 1st or something. We did the alternative hair show at the Chicago okay. Theater. First off, the Chicago Theater is remarkable. And everybody in the world has seen the Chicago Theater because if a, if a TV program was ever set there, they always, uh, they always you know, zoom in on the Chicago uh, uh, sign there at the Chicago Theater. But yeah. yeah, it's stunning that the theater scene is really, again, underrated and the theaters are beautiful. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You can you could feel the history in that in, the, in that room. Um, that's pretty cool. So, Nick, how did um, how do you find the hair world, man? How do you find our industry? You know, I didn't find it. I was born into it. I'll tell you, uh, born and raised in uh, a family of hairdressers. My mom uh, was a hairdresser for 37 years before she retired. I had aunts and uncles and cousins, all whether they did hair or nails. I was always in the beauty business. It was like either restaurant business or beauty business. That was kind of my family. And um, that's all we knew. So born and raised going into the salon every single day. My mom had her own salon. So I would leave school, you know, go to the salon after school, do my homework there, stock shelves, sweep floors, you know, do all make appointments, all that kind of stuff. And I just you know, I, it was second nature to me. So like I said, I didn't really think it was something I'd ever do for a living. Ironically. Um, I just thought it was part of the family business and you just, you know, you just go and you, and you make sure you get what you need done for the family. Funny enough, I really wanted to be in the medical industry. I thought I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And then, um, after high school, I was going for my EMT. I was working in on a, uh, ambulance doing the graveyard shift. And then I would come back home, shower, change, and go into the salon to open it up for my mom. And what I realized was that this industry was making, was changing lives. And I thought you, the only way to really impact people's lives were to fix them, right? I thought that you needed to be a doctor to make that kind of an impact in people's lives. And I quickly realized going from one extreme to the next, when I went into the salon, that my mother was doing that every day and all her staff was doing that every day because people would walk in with their head down and almost like the weight of the world on their shoulders. But when they were done and they loved the way that they felt, something happened in the salon, that, that energy that the salon brings and the camaraderie between everybody in the salon lifts people up. And then 
you know, you have somebody who's helping you feel the most beautiful you could feel and you walk out the door and your head held high. And that's when I decided, you know what, I think this is going to be something I want to make a career of. That's a great story, man. Yeah. that's you know? so, so was your mom excited or happy when you decided to make a career out of it? No. Nobody was. <laughs> you know, I, they, my mother, they, like, had, I, they had doctor in their sight. They had doctor. You know, they're saying I was the youngest of three. I was um, going to go to college on a full scholarship. I was the only one that was going to. Uh, my father was Chicago policeman, my mother, hairdresser, and they were going to get a doctor kid. So they were like, you know, you got to go. So when I told them that I'm going to pivot in my career and make a change, my dad was like, oh, what are you thinking? Like, are you you know, anesthesiologist, you think, and I'm like, not exactly. I think I'm going to go somewhere totally different. And I remember we were sitting at the dining room table with my whole family. And I said, I, I think I want to become a hairdresser. And I remember my sister and brother looking at each other and say, can we be excused from the table? No, like, they, they wanted to go. They were but like, they knew, they knew it was about to go down. This was about to go down. Oh. So, you know, it was just funny. They didn't get it. Like my mom was like, oh no, you know? And my dad was like, Oh no, this is your fault that he wants to do this kind of thing. And he, we, you know, he was going to be a doctor and, uh, it, you know, I would say I, they always supported me, but I would say they weren't as excited to support me on that journey as they were when I was going to be a doctor, but they quickly wrapped their head around it. And, and it's, it's really cute. Now, all these years later, my parents are like obsessed with my career and everything that I'm doing and what I'm doing next. And, uh, and, and my dad literally said to me one day, thank God you didn't listen to me and become a doctor. Like, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It sounds like you have a really close, like, kind of family dynamic. I do. I'm extremely close with my whole family. I'm really blessed to have all the support from my family. And we've been on a journey together, I, like most families, right? But, you know, you have your good times and bad times, and you all rally together and have each other's back in the end. And that's why I think we're so close today. You know, um, we all have stuff. We all have families, right? We all have family dynamic. And, and it just kind of reminded me that, you know, family is the one that even when the stuff hits the fan, there's always enough respect for the family to get over it or to move forward from it. You know what I mean? As opposed to like an old friendship or a half a friendship where you're like, you know what, I'm over that dude, you know, but, but, but family is, is, you know, you're committed to, to, to one, to one thing and that's each other. You are. Yeah. And that's been proven out with my family. So I'm extremely grateful. You mentioned that your family's in Florida. Did everybody retired to Florida? My parents retired to Florida. And then, you know, we have a bunch of snowbird family members that come out here and rent for the winter and things like that. And, you know, now with COVID, I've been, I've been hiding out here quite a bit. And a lot of my family has been coming back and forth. So it's been nice to spend some quality time with some extended family as well. That's pretty cool. Looks, looks a little windy outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Hey, Nick, so, um, so I guess the next step is, so how long did you work in the salon before, like, you know, you, you either, you know, you started to work outside the salon? So, I mean, I grew up in my mom's salon and then went to hair school. And the one thing she said to me was, you're not going to work for me. You need to go work in the real world and see what it's like. Good advice. So it was really great advice. And I went to work for a friend of mine's cousin and, um, he really pushed me hard. And I then became manager of his salon. It was interesting. In my journey of becoming a hairdresser, I was also I also took lessons and became a makeup artist and a nail tech. And I got into waxing. Um, and what else did I do? Nails. I did nails for a long time, too. So my whole philosophy was, okay, it's going to be hard to build a clientele. And that was the one thing that 
um, this guy told me in the beginning was, listen, I don't, I can't just give you a lot of walk-ins because we have a huge staff here and there's people with seniority. So like, you're going to have to build your clientele yourself. And I was like, okay, no problem. So I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? So that's why I became, you know, specialized in all these different areas of, of the industry. Cause I thought, well, I could turn all those people from nails or makeup or, or waxing into hair clients. That was kind of my goal. And within six months, I had a full clientele with hair where I couldn't even get booked. I was like three to four weeks out. Wow. So it really did work. I, I ironically, I did enjoy some of the spa services, but my my passion was in hair. So I slowly let go of all the spa stuff and and just did hair. And then I became a manager for his salon, and then he opened a second salon, and I managed both of those. And then I was like, you know what? I think I want to do this on my own. And my my plan was to go up into the like Bucktown Wicker Park area and, and buy a building, and I was going to open a salon there. But in the meantime, I needed to do my clients somewhere. So I went back to my mom's salon <laughs> to do my clients so I didn't lose anybody. And what I realized was my mom hasn't remodeled her salon for a long time. So I started, you know, just getting in there and remodeling a little bit. Well, there was tons of new traffic that was coming through there once it started to get remodeled. And my mom was like, I don't know, you could go to wherever you want, but I think you're onto something here. And I ended up staying and then she retired. I took over the business and then I opened another salon and marketing company and then ended up selling all of it and then moved to New York. Whoa, 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 whoa. Marketing company. Let's, let's explore that a little bit. What was a marketing company? Well, I use that loosely because I started doing marketing with a photographer friend of mine for salons and spas and believe it or not, um, tanning spas, because that was big, big back then was um, people who didn't really know how to market. So I did a pretty good job of marketing my own salon. So people would call me other businesses and say, who does your marketing? Who does your menus? Who does your website? Who does all your in-store graphics or in, you know, window graphics? And I said, oh, I do it all myself, you know, with a team that I've kind of put together. So that morphed into like a bigger team. And we started doing a lot of stuff for other businesses in Chicago, but then I, that wasn't where my passion was. And that got to be a lot of work. So I kind of let that go. So, but w with the marketing, what was your secret sauce? Like, like what's changed, what's different or what, why, why do you think you like, you were so good at that, but it wasn't like anything you have a degree in necessarily. Yeah. I don't know if it was, I, I don't even know if it was that I was good at it. I think what I have always been good at doing is connecting people. I, I would always say, if anybody's like, well, what do you, what is your like key to success? I would say I'm a connector. I know how to connect people, put good people together, put people with different skill sets together to create something really amazing. and. What I also knew was the only way to be successful in any type of business is to continually um, tie a ribbon around everything that you do. So everything has to hang together, right? So you're, we'll use marketing for example. Your .com needs to match your, your print marketing that needs to match your in-salon marketing that needs to match your social media. So I always knew how to hang everything together and the importance of creating a cohesive story and synergistic approach to the way that you speak to your guest. And knowing how to continually get in front of them, it's all about repetition. And that I, you know, I've always just loved this industry so much that if there was an area where I didn't feel like I really understood, I spent a lot of time digging into it till I felt like I had enough to be deadly. And then I would back out and then I would move to the next thing. And I, and that's seriously to this day, I do it still, where if there's anything that I feel like, oh, that's a gap in, in my brain. And I'm not really sure how to do that. I get really you know, zeroed in on what that is and how to do it and the why behind it and how to then then my big goal is how do you streamline it and how do you make it better and more efficient going forward? And that's kind of always been the way I've operated. But it's pretty gutsy that you had, you built this, this, this brand in Chicago to say, you know what? 
I'm kind of over this. You know, it's, it, you're very successful. You're thinking about going to New York City, something that you, you, you're not quite sure if you're going to be successful. But th- to me, it takes a special person to be able to give something up to pursue something that they're still not, you know, they, 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 they have this drive for something else. And, and to give it all up to, to pursue something, that's, I mean, that's pretty gutsy and, and there's a lot of respect. What, what was in you that made you decide to do that? Yeah, I actually remember the moment um, when I decided to do that. And I'll tell you, listen, I'm telling you how much fun my career was. There was not always fun days. Like, listen, I had a business partner at one time who stole all my money. It was not the most exciting, glamorous time in my career. But the one thing that I realized was that I kind of hit a ceiling. You know, I was um, I was doing education for Matrix. I was part of their design team. I was traveling back and forth to New York to the academy, um, doing um, stage classes all all the time. I was there every month. And I just loved the energy of New York City and how infectious that was. And I literally felt like I could do anything whenever I was in New York. I always felt like I was almost, you know, I was also a much younger, so I always felt invincible, right? I always felt like, you know, the, the world just kind of opened up. And what I realized when I went back to Chicago at that time was I didn't feel like I had anywhere to grow other than, oh, I can open another salon and then it'll make three or four or whatever like that. But I, I kind of realized that that wasn't my passion either. I loved my salons. I loved my staff. But I also realized the things that I loved doing, I wasn't able to do because my time was so stretched between doing clients behind the chair and then managing payroll and then, you know, operations of people and all that kind of stuff. So I took a chance because I um, I wanted to do more editorial. I wanted to be in the fashion beauty mecca I wanted to be where everything was happening. I wanted to be where somebody called me and said, oh, they're doing a premiere of something that's opening tonight. Let's go. Or this new gallery is open. Let's go. Like that's where I always would find inspiration. And I love the art of networking. And I feel like New York City, you can network every single day of your life, every morning, noon and night. It's completely up to you. And I took the chance and I moved. And I remember that. I remember the day I got there and you can ask Ammon this. I actually called him. I had to get my long story short, I had to get my place sight unseen because I ran out of time. And I remember getting there. It was after the America's Beauty Show. And I jumped on a plane with a suitcase that had a pillow and blanket inside of it. (laughs) And I had to do a photo shoot the next day in, in, um, in Chelsea. So I needed to get to New York. And I got to my place in New York City. And I remember sitting on the island in the kitchen calling him and crying, saying I made the biggest mistake of my life. And he's like, relax, you're really tired. You just came off of a crazy show. (laughs) Go to sleep. I'll see you at the shoot tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. And I woke up the next day and the sun was coming over Central Park. And it was like the most, and I had floor to ceiling windows. And I was like, oh my God, I think I can do this. Like this was, it was like something clicked. And I, every day after that was really an amazing journey. And then doors opened and opportunities came and um, I met such amazing people. And I felt like my, my life just began when I moved to New York City. And I felt like I became a man. I felt like I learned what, you know, figuring it out really meant without having that, you know, network of my family behind me all the time. I felt like I made mistakes and then I learned from my mistakes. And uh, yeah, and I always say that that chapter of my life will always be a special one. That's wow. awesome. I, I kind of see like when he said the sun was going on like that, like oh, you know, <laughs> that, almost at him, right? Of of the sun rising over over Central Park. Yeah. Before we move on to this, off of the story, so these a young just a young hairdresser listening to this, and they're contemplating on a similar 
uh, move or doing something, what, what would be your advice to them? I would tell them you really have to think through pros and cons. Like I'm a big, big proponent of a pros and cons list, white piece of paper, pro on one side, con on the other and weigh it out, whatever decision it is that you're making. And listen, they're not always going to be the easiest decision. Sometimes you're going to get to the end of that list and realize there's as many pros as there is cons. And then you're like, now what? Right. But number one, if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're going to do next, it's really hard to fail. Because if you believe in yourself and you really believe in what you're going to do next, you're going to put your whole heart into it. You're going to put your whole being into it. And anybody who really is relentless about wanting to do something in such a way filled with passion and conviction, it's really hard to fail no matter what you're doing in life. You're going to, you're going to hit obstacles along the way. But your, your passion and your work ethic and your drive is what's going to continue to help you become successful. If you think you're going to make a dramatic move and you're going to pop into a city like New York and you think you're just going to make it because of what I'm saying, you're gravely mistaken. I mean, I always was told that new, two things happen in New York. You either sink or swim. And that's completely up to you. And I found that to be extremely true because I've seen both sides of it. I've seen friends of mine that I thought were going to just soar and they sunk. And then I've seen friends of mine that just took off and their life was amazing. What it comes down to is you have to stay completely focused in your why. What is the why that you're doing this, right? The why behind why you're doing something that's such a drastic change in your life. And then you have to stay focused and you can't waver from it. And there's going to be a lot of variables in life where people try to pull you away from your why or pull you away from the focus of what you're doing. And you have to be a strong enough person to stay focused on your, on your road that you're on and understand, is this input that's coming into me? positive? And is it going to help move me forward in a positive direction? Or is this going to negatively impact the direction I'm going in? And it is, is it going to waver me from where I'm going? And, and if, and sometimes it's easy to get pulled in a negative space, not being aware. So it's being aware the whole time and understanding that nothing comes easy. And if you're ready to do hard work and you're ready to put the time and the effort in filled with passion and conviction, you'll, you'll succeed. I love that. What, um, you were talking about what well, one, like going back to even the word passion, like you've, like you've had it a couple of times in your career, but would you say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but you can also change your passion, right? You can change what, you know, whatever, whatever's next or, or, what, or, or whatever you're seeking next. 100%. Your plan could change over and over again. That's okay. It's supposed to, it's supposed to evolve. Right. But you know, when I think about myself, I'm extremely passionate about this beauty industry, every aspect of this industry, whether it's the financials on how to grow a business inside of a retailer like my job currently right now, or whether it's creating um, a collection um, with my team that puts out inspiration, or whether it's doing a haircut, or whether it's standing motivation, motivating you know, young people getting into this industry, whatever the case may be, like I'm very passionate about everything around the beauty industry. And that I feel like has helped me become successful, or at least every day I lead my day with that same passion. And every day I get excited about what my day looks like, because here's the other thing. I've created a job or a career for myself where no two days look the same. And I love that. I, I get bored fast. So I know I can't just stand behind the chair six days a week, 14 hours a day, like I did years ago. I can't sit in a boardroom and run a business five to six days a week, 12 hours a day, every day. That's just not my sweet spot. My sweet spot is being able to go in and out of all those different areas of this business 
every single day. And sometimes I do it multiple different ways throughout the day. But that's what fulfills me. That's what gets me excited because I'm here talking to you guys about my journey. My meeting after this is a financial review of our of our numbers for the first period of the year. But that gets me excited too. You know, there's just so many different different components to my day. And, and that was purposeful. That's purposeful for me to create this kind of right brain, left brain approach to my career. It's amazing because I opened it up with passion and like everything he's been passionate about in his entire career, he's now kind of like, it's kind of like an amalgam of all that, right? He's using all his, all his former passions, whether it's salon owner, whether it's motivational speaking, whether it's, you know, doing hair, um, you know, and, and, and he's able to kind of like, he's created, he's created his singular path. This is the Nick path. This is nobody else's path, but Nick. And now he's capitalizing. And I don't want to say capitalizing in a negative sense, but now he's capitalizing it he's enjoying it, right? He's he gets to enjoy it. his it. life the way he wants to enjoy it. That's it. More good days and bad days, I bet. Yeah, and it's so true. And I will tell you something. You, you said something that's so important. I've created the Nick path, right? And that's because I always heard that, you know what? Don't, don't try and mirror somebody else's path. That's theirs. It's not yours. Why do you want that? Like, go, go figure out your own. And I get messages every single day of my life on Instagram with people wanting the secret sauce or wanting the answer to all of it or, or, oh, I hope to be like you one day. And my answer is always the same. Like, don't be me, be better, be different, go create the best you and make it better than anyone else. And Hey, listen, what I'm doing has no bearing on what you're going to do or vice versa. We could both be just as successful or even you could be more successful. And part of where I am today is the people that I've come in contact with my life. Um, and I have the opportunity to, you know, um, to either mentor or to be on the journey with when they become more successful than me or that they've surpassed their level of where they thought success could be. That's like the biggest reward for myself. It's really funny that you said that just last night, um, the woman who we respect the heck out of Brit Siva, who's just uh, taken our entire industry by, by storm. But the quote she posted last night was don't be better, be different. And, yeah. and, and you just said it too. I mean, you talk about like, you know, melted brains, you know, or, or melting brains. <laughs> Nick, you mentored, uh, you, you mentioned uh, uh, mentor, uh, mentorship. Um, th- th- does, uh, have you had mentors in your past? Oh my gosh. I, I still have mentors. You know, or my mentees, whole career. mentees, mentors, 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 either way, either way. Okay. Well, I will, let, let me answer two ways. I will yeah. say that I've always been mentored my whole career, whether it's formal mentoring or informal mentoring. I, um, I believe that you surround yourself with people you want to be like, and hopefully some of that rubs off. So I've always made sure that, um, I've always had a mentor of some sorts, even now, as far as mentee, I also believe that in order, you have to give it in order to keep it right? So you have to give your knowledge to people who really want it and who deserve it in order for you to open yourself up to new knowledge. And I'm really passionate about that too. So I've had the, you know, geez, I've been so blessed throughout my whole career to have so many different people that I've menteed, you know, Matrix has done the mentee program led by Tabitha. I've helped with that a little bit. And then when I think of the Alta Beauty side, we have a whole design team. We have 17 different design team members that myself and the pro team get to mentee all the time. I'll tell you, there's this, there's one guy and not that I think he's any better or different than anybody else on my design team, but Galad Goldstein, it's funny. He's on my um, design team and I've gotten the opportunity to work with him a little bit more. And I've had the opportunity to maybe mentor him, whether it's conversations or um, stage presence or just 
you know, knowledge that I have shared with him through the years. And I think the reason why is because I look at him as a younger version of me. Like, I think he is somebody that has such a long runway in front of him and he's done amazing things already. And what I love about him, whether it's me or Ammon or Danielle or Pakila, whoever on the team is giving him advice, he takes it, he makes it his own and he runs with it. And that goes back to being the best you, not being the best somebody else. And he's done that really, really well. And he's finding his own lane right now. And so many of my other design team members are doing the same thing. And I see that in the matrix world too, when I get to tap into that world and I see the artists that work under the, you know, artistic directors and influencers there and the light bulbs that go off and people's lives have just dramatically changed by being mentored by some of these people that have done great things in the industry. So it's, it's fun. It's a fun place to be. Mm. So how, how did you end up get, uh, getting involved with Matrix? You said you, you, you were kind of with them before you moved to New York, but how, I mean, how did that relationship, uh, you know, come about? I will tell you, it, it came about early in my career. My sales consultant came into the salon and said, this was right after I left uh, my friend's salon and went back to my mom's salon for that kind of what I thought was going to be interim period. She was the sales consultant for my mom. And she said, listen, Matrix is hiring for edu educator roles. And I think you'd be amazing. I think you should apply. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm here now in between salons. I'm trying to figure out my life. <laughs> I don't think that. And I can't educate anybody. Like, I don't have the skill to do that. She's like, no, I think you have something that they're going to really like. Like, you should go to the audition. And you should just do it. What do you have to lose? And I was like, okay, thanks. And I wasn't going to do it. And then the day before... The day before, my aunt came in for color, and she said, oh, I hear you're going for an interview with Matrix. And I said, no, nah, I decided I'm not going to do it. And she said, why? And I said, because I don't think I'm that good, and I don't think I'm going to get hired. So I, I'm just not going to go. And she said, let me ask you a question. What do you lose by going and not being hired? Like, what, what loss do you have in your life if that happens? And I said, nothing. She goes, so then why aren't you doing it? Like, it could be an experience of a lifetime for you. Like, you have to go put yourself out there. And I was like, you know what the hell with it? I'm going to go. It was funny because they were like, oh, yeah, there's over 90 people that they're auditioning. They're only going to take two or three. Like, you know, it's OK if you don't get through. And when I got called back, you know, when I got the call after the audition, I literally wouldn't let them speak. I was like, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep I still love Matrix. And they're like, can you let us talk? <laughs> I was like, sure. And they're like, we want you on the team. Like, and I was like, why? I literally said to them, why? And they're like why are you asking that question? Like you, you, you get it, you know, you get people, you get product, you, you understand our color really well. And I hear your passion and you know what, it's easy to teach somebody who's passionate than it is somebody who knows it all and thinks they know it all. And I just feel like you're going to be an open sponge. And I, I try to be an open sponge every single day, even now. Wow. Imagine if you didn't get it. Would you, how different maybe your path would have taken, right? Oh, he wouldn't be sitting on a golf course in Naples. Is what <laughs> <laughs> Life would have been very different for sure. It would have been very different. I always say I have tremendous amount of gratitude and respect for all the leaders that have led me in Matrix. And I'll tell you, even now, I you know, still have the honor of working with them. And, and it's, um, it's an extended family of mine. You know, I talk about how family is so important to me. Well, there's so many people in Matrix that are my extended family, and, it, and it's 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 real, and it's I'm very passionate about the company because of how much they've embraced me throughout the years. 
Dude, I mean, Matrix has some killer, killer hairdressers, man. Oh, when we did Destination last year, man, it was like, it was like a who's who of, it's a who's who of who's awesome, right? It was, it was just, it was just a weekend of awesomeness. And we, um, and even people that weren't on our radar that are on our radar now were fantastic. Like we talked, we, uh, we interviewed, um, or we had a uh, Sunny Brooke on the, uh, on the podcast last year and man, what a delight she is. Yeah. So, so do you guys sit around like and just observe and watch and, and you know, he be or she'll be great or he'll be great uh, on on, you know, joining the team, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, because you guys got some killers, man. Yeah. Listen, I think there's been a lot of great leaders who understand how to build teams, you know, and that's why we have such a great team. Um, and it's fun, you know, that we're constantly weaving, you know, new blood into the mix, too. So it's not like. You know, it's just the steady eddies. It's like bringing some new blood too, because then that gives us passion to continue to push ourselves out of our comfort zones too. And you know, we continuously learn from people um, new tips and tricks all the time. And sometimes it's funny. You know, we talked about the mentees. I learned stuff from the mentees who were people just out of beauty school. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's the thing. Like, don't ever get to a place where you're so convinced in your own success and your own tech, you know, technical ability that you shut yourself off to what somebody else can offer you, especially somebody who's just new. And the way I look at it is somebody new coming into the industry has no bad habits, has a fresh perspective, and they're the ones I want to talk to the most. Yeah. They haven't, they, yeah, they haven't put these pre perceived or any, any roadblocks or anything up. Right. So they just right. complete blank canvas where they can create that. That is beautiful. Hey, Nick, can I tell you a story about one of your mentees, about one of the matrix mentees from a couple of years ago that, that, that is literally one of the proudest moments, certainly of, of, of my podcast journey here is we did a show a few years ago called Presley Poe and friends. And we did a contest and it was, it was similar to the mentee thing. So what we were going to give away the uh, one person and it was open to all hairdressers, not just young hairdressers. But we're going to give the opportunity to one person to mentor Presley for the weekend. So they would get to hang out with Press. And, you know, uh, Presley's a great educator. So she was going to, you know, teach him um, as we went as we went along. So um, get this. So it was I think it was like a Tuesday night or something. We we announced our winner of that contest. And it was Steph P. From, oh, yeah. That was a mentee for Matrix. And the very next day, she gets a phone call from Tabitha saying that she made it as a mentee. So it was like, can you imagine that 24 hours for Steph? Like, like you're being That's mentored cool. by both Ta Tabitha and Presley all in like all in a 24 hour period, man. You know, and then so we've we've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time with with, with Steph. And man, what a delight and what an incredible, incredible artist. Like, you know, yes. when, when she won, she was in hair school. Yeah. Right. When she won both of them, she was in hair school. I mean, and just 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 a pleasure, pleasure to uh, to uh, to to be around as well. Just just really, really great. Um, that's really cool. I love the mentee stuff. And if you're listening along, listen, this is April 1st that we're releasing this. Uh, you have 10 days to apply for the next round of mentees with Tabitha. So uh, the matrix mentees with Tabitha that uh, you have 10 days to apply and it's open to, uh, it's open to all hairdressers, not just young hairdressers. So uh, if right. you're, if you even if you're an old, old guy, Tony, you need to, you need to enter. So uh, you could be a mentee. Yeah. I, I don't think I have a chance. <laughs> yeah. I know. The uh, that we saw those kids. I was, 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 was I have too many obstacles and roadblocks. <laughs> 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 that's hysterical. That that's a true true story, man, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness! That's, yeah, that's so that's so awesome, man. Um, all right, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat for just a sec, Nick. 
Um, so, uh, you know, we've been in the industry for, you know, 30, uh, some odd years, um, you know, so when we first got in the industry, you know, matrix was a major brand in the, in the, uh, in the, um, in the industry. And then, you know, for whatever reason, they kind of disappeared. Like, like you just didn't, nobody was talking about them. They were until real recently, really the last, you know, three or four years. Um, so what, what, what happened or, or strategically what did matrix do? Because it's probably harder to reinvent. A, a product company than it is to even come out with a new one. Cause at least when it comes out with a new one, it, it's like, Oh, this is fresh. This is new. But, but how do you kind of reinvent that wheel? If you, if you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say there's been a, a couple of things that have happened in the, in the span of the last few years with Matrix. I think the one thing that they realized was this brand was founded by a hairdresser for hairdressers and they needed to listen to the hairdresser and they needed to put the artist at the front of the brand. And I think that's what the company did really well over the last several years is they built a really strong infrastructure for education, a really strong infrastructure for leadership as far as the whole artistic directors and influencers. And they put them out there at the front of the brand to say, listen, these are all the people that are behind our brand. They're all hairdressers. They all believe in this brand. They all believe in empowering artists and artist supporting artists and want you to be the best that you can be using these great products that we know have been found to be, you know, tried and true through all these years. And obviously there's been new innovation woven between that throughout the years. And I think that resonated really big. And I think now there's a new chapter of Matrix, right? And it's, uh, you know, it's all products for all humans. And what it's all about is really encompassing all different hair textures, all different hair types, making sure that everybody feels inclusive and welcome in the brand. And again, leading it with hairdressers speaking to this brand and now weaving in the newest and greatest in innovation and technology into the color line so that now we have Bonder built in our color line. So that's to say, stop. If you're a colorist, think about this. Every time you color someone's hair from the finest of texture to the coiliest of curl, you can get healthy end results with color because we've taken the guesswork out of it for you. And we've put that bonder in every single one of our colors to make sure that your client leaves with healthy hair, no matter the hair type that sits in your chair. So it's really a, um, it's a new marketing angle as far as making sure everybody knows that we're here for everyone. And it's also weaving in new technology so that everybody can believe we're here for everyone once they use the new technology. I, I love that. I love when a product kind of goes out of their way because it, it's, it's not cheap trying to reinvent or not reinvent, but to come out and, and take care of everybody, all people, all hairdressers. Right. right? And so for a company to go, to go through that and, and be inclusive with everybody, I mean, I, you know what I mean? That just speaks volumes of, of leadership. Yeah. You ain't kidding. And you know, I, I'm sorry, Nick, but we've got to give a huge, a humongous shout out to Kia Neal, um, Kia Neal, who started the uh, the texture versus race movement. I mean, because it's, it's it, it is a movement now, right? And and I would argue that without Kia's, I, I would argue that without Kia's influence on the on the industry, I'm not sure if Matrix has a a a, a color for all textures, you know, uh, hair, um, you know, for all hair textures. Um, I just this this woman just amazes me, man. You know, um, she's become a very good friend of the podcast and, and, and we love her to death. But it's like it's like all her hard work over the last five years or so, like everything's come to fruition now. Like her dreams are you, you, her, her dreams are like are now a reality in our industry. It's hair. Hair is hair. You just, you, just, you know, learn it. You know, um, 
Michelle O'Connor, I don't know if you guys have spent much time with her. She's on our, our team as well. She taught me, because we've been working together for, gosh, 10, 12 years. She taught me early in my career. She's like, listen, she's like, there's no difference between hair and fabric, right? It's just when you go to iron silk, you're going to put it on a different setting than you are wool, wool, right? So you just got to treat it differently. And hair is the same exact way. It all does the same thing. You just need to know how to protect it and how to handle it differently. And that was a light bulb for me. And that's when, you know, we've had a huge gap. Let's face it. And if we're being real, there's a huge gap in this industry with being able to um, to achieve amazing texture results across the home industry. And it starts in beauty schools and it goes to big companies like mine that need to be there to support the hairdresser so that no matter who walks in your chair, you can service them and give them the best end result because you're armed with the best education. The industry's lacked that for a long time. You know, there's been some companies out there that have been, you know, working kind of in silos to try and make sure that their voice gets out there around texture. But I think what has happened in 2020 is everyone has become woke, right? And everybody understands that no longer could it be white salon, black salon, no longer could it be white hairdresser, black hairdresser. It needs to be that if you're a hairdresser, you understand all types of hair. And that's going to take a long time for us to get to the point to where everyone feels welcome and everybody feels comfortable doing all types of hair. But the good news is, is that Everybody is woke. So the conversation is happening. The education is being built. The products are being built and innovation is happening. So 2021, I think we're going to see a lot of that throughout the industry. And then our new normal going forward will be that it is non-negotiable, that it is part of the DNA of the hair industry, that everyone gets the training that they need. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. And it does, it really does start with our schools, right? So I know when we went to school, it was all straight hair. We didn't have any uh, uh, coily hair at all. It was all straight hair, right? So these brands that are 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 partnering up, or the states partnering up with the schools, it should it needs to be a little bit more diverse. Learn learn wavy hair, learn curly hair, coily hair, straight hair. You know, you need to learn this from the beginning. Because by the time you get out out of school, get your fifteen hundred, two thousand hours, you. You've only worked on straight hair and that's what you're comfortable with. And you're going to, and you're already uncomfortable doing hair as it is. Right. right. So why make yourself even more uncomfortable learning something else out of school? And it's, it makes it that much harder. So, uh, but yeah, I agree with you 100% brother. It's, it's another thing. Like we had, um, Chicago's own, uh, Gordon Miller on the, on the podcast, yeah. um, a, a, a couple months ago. And, you know, he was talking about every year, Nick, we do a, a series with Gordon called the, the state of the industry. And we kind of talk about, you know, what looking, what's happened in the last year, which is a real fun conversation this year. And then, you know, what do we have to look forward to in this year? And, you know, the one thing that he brought up that, um, I didn't realize at the time, but in every single day it, 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 it's back in my face is that our industry industry has um has fast forwarded 5 years yeah. in the last year you know so what covid gave us it gave us a fast forward to where we need to be and and i, I think that 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 includes digital education i think that it also includes our, our conversation about texture versus race Another shout out to Kia, but it it, uh, it includes that conversation, and certainly you've seen brand commitments um, in that conversation. You've seen media commitments in that conversation. You've seen podcast commitments in that in, in that conversation. And it, once again, I said it earlier. I think our I think our industry is is in a better place than it ever has, and I think it's because hairdressers are talking to hairdressers, and technology is allowing us to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. I think we've come a long way, and I think that the brands who haven't taken this opportunity to reevaluate and to um, really invest in this part of their business, they're going to see that they're going to get left behind. So 
I think that it's great that a lot of people have, you know, like I said, they're woke and they're understanding that this is a new day and we need to advance. And, and, and it's great. I think we're going to see a lot of good things coming out of the industry. That's awesome. I'm always impressed with uh, Matrix's, uh, like we said, the old school and, and, the, and, the, and the forward thinking uh, technology. What, um, what, uh, there's rumors that there's some other stuff coming out too with, uh, with some of the blondes, blond- blondings. Yes. Yes. You know, everybody's pushing their blonde limits these days, right? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we thank, have a- thank you, Vivid Hair, because uh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're giving us the technology to, to push. At some point, we're going to have transparent hair, I, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, you know, we're coming out with a new collection called Unbreak My Blonde, which is sulfate-free. It's all around citric acid strengthening the hair. So think about, you know, when you lighten your hair all the way up to, let's say, a level 10 or a pale blonde, and then you tone it wherever it's going, it weakens the hair, right? It takes a lot, it puts a lot of stress on the hair. So product innovation is so critical that it makes sure that it strengthens the bond of the hair back up. So the good news is, is this line will give your hair three times the straightening power strengthening power than just using a regular shampoo and conditioner. So it's all about hydrating. It's all around making sure that your hair doesn't break. It keeps it healthy, keeps it shiny, keeps your color lasting even longer. So three products coming out this April. Hey, so what, um, is it, um, those products will have bonding agents in it as well. So it'll work together with the, uh, with the new color line as well. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would focus more on, the innovation around the citric acid and the sulfate free and it working in tandem with the color that already has the bonder in it. Right. So it doesn't have bonder in the shampoo and conditioner, um, but it all works hand in hand together for healthy hair. Can um, all right, I have a business question for you? And this is a very important one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we use like after color, when we use other brands that are bonding, that are bonding agents, um, you know, there's an expense to that, you know, like, like Olaplex is expensive to bring in and, and, and B3 is expensive to bring in. Has, has the price of the, uh, of the actual color tube um, gone up as well? So like if we're adding, like I always add a bonding charge, right. Into my, into my color service. Like, will that be, you kind of get what I'm saying? Is there, is there a price increase with yeah. adding the know, bonding agent to the color? It's interesting. Um, I will tell you that it is, extremely cheaper to use the color with the bonder inside it than it is to add any bonder into it, if that makes any sense. So um, as far as your color application, it's going to be cheaper for you as the professional to just use the new matrix color with the bonder in it and a developer. Um, As far as pricing, that is always a touchy one for me to talk about because you'll have people who charge, you know, for an all over lightning double process color, 90 bucks. And, you know, somebody charges $900, you know what I mean? And there's so many variables as to what goes into that. So I usually stay clear of what pricing is. I always say price for your time, you're worth it. And make sure that people understand that the education that you have, the expertise that you bring is uniquely yours. And that's what they're paying for. They're not paying for necessarily what's in the bottle only. They're paying for what they get in the total experience. They get a, the, the, for me. the next story. You can, right. You're paying for the next story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get to win uh, lunch with Nick. At there the, you go. The next show. <laughs> <laughs> the next show that he won't be at because right. he's not going to any shows. <laughs> I hope to be going to shows soon. I'll tell you, I miss, I miss the people. That's the one part about this industry I love so much is all the people. You know, We have this industry full of people who genuinely care about each other and love being together. So this whole pandemic has not been good for everybody's uh, networking ability and just 
camaraderie, but I think it's going to be like the roaring twenties when they open the floodgates. And I think everybody's going to be coming back with a vengeance and excited to see each other. So I look forward to that. That's, that's a hundred percent. And, you know, again, to talk about what we talked about in the first minute of this podcast, I think that's why clubhouse has been so successful because, because it's our industry, like itching for each other, right? It's itching for each other and allows us to kind of uh, scratch together in a yep. weird analogy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Nick, is there anything that uh uh that you want to give a shout out to, you want to speak about, what are you up to, how people can find you, how people can follow you? Yes, I'm always up to something. So there's a lot coming. Stay tuned, more to come on that. I will I can't give it away just yet. But what I will say is if you guys haven't um had a chance to play with my brush collection, I launched the brush collection last year called Curious Brushes. So um it's all about having the most natural fiber configuration in any brush. Uh, beautiful for pulling out and straightening out any kind of really uh, curly, coily hair, but also great for fine hair to add volume. Beautiful, shiny, polished finish. So you can go to nicksensen.com, learn all about that. And you can go to nicksensen.com and then you can hyperlink into any of the social channels where you could find me. Uh, would love to stay connected to everyone out there. Um, I love to hear what people are doing too. I always find passion and motivation from what other people are doing that's super cool out there so tell me all about it that's awesome nick hey um i'm famous for burning up brushes am, am i gonna burn up these nick uh, stinson brushes no but you have to understand you have to take care of them because it is natural board bristle and you know they will break down if you don't use proper care so i'll tell you that much all right no blowtorch on them i guess you know no blowtorch. <laughs> no blow <torch. laughs> Hey Nick, dude, this 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 uh this hour has been uh flown by. It has flown quick. by, yeah, right? It did go fast. I have to it's admit, been, it's uh it, thoroughly enjoyable. I, yeah. I can't wait to hang out with you. I can't wait to uh to give like some showman hugs and, and to see you on the road. Um, like I said, we saw we saw you on the road a bunch, but uh we were always on different spots. So you know, maybe we can uh maybe we can have dinner with uh with Ammon and Nick, and we'll uh we'll we'll all end up with Chicago accents or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll teach you guys that Chicago accent. Don't worry. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Nick, thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. And, uh, thank and thank you for joining us on your off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>